So this is from the book of Revelation. It's the last book of the Bible. We've heard this before in Root and Branch, but it's, um, I really like it. It's this kind of hallucinatory vision of this guy, John of Patmos, who's exiled on an island. Um, it's like a prison island. He's exiled because he was talking about this new thing called Jesus and Christianity. Um, but then he has this wild vision of uh, the end of all things, where all things are going. Christianity, they call it eschatology. That's the theological term. Where is it all headed? Um, so here's someone who's been separated, um, had to say goodbye to people he knew and what he loved. The new heaven and the new earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, they will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Amen. Thank you. Okay. That's fine. Um, oh, and one other quick announcement is that you will hear kids throughout the service. We love kids. We're pro-kids. Um, think of that as part of the, the sounds of life of this community. But also in the future, um, what? I'll, I'll make sure I talk loud. Also in the future, their kids are going to be hermetically sealed in this room over here. <laughs> but we love them, but we're going to seal them. Um, and uh, it's just that that room is not quite ready for us yet. So that's why they're in that space. Hi, Hans. Hi, hi, Hans. All right. So um, I, uh, I gave Ari a hard time uh, on the Sunday when I announced that I was going to be leaving Newton Branch because he had, he had compared my leaving to like the death of like a grandparent. Um, like it's, it's, it's um, like we've lived a long life together, but it's still sad. Um, and, uh, but not as sad as, you know, other things you might lose. Um, I'm going to give Ari a hard time again because uh, he jokingly, um, I saw him a couple weeks ago, and he jokingly said, so you're going to like, sum it all up and tell us like the truth of all things your last Sunday. Um, and he was joking, uh, but uh, of course that's what I feel like I'm supposed to do. Um, but then uh, someone wise told me if I can um, just try to say goodbye well, that might be enough. Um, so that's what I'm going to try to do. Um, but when I started thinking about what is a good goodbye, I started to get nervous again. Um, Glory, uh, our daughter, is 16 months old. And she's, her first word was hi. And she said hi to everyone and everything. I think I mentioned that here. Hi to balls, hi to dogs, hi to um, shoes. And now she says bye-bye. Oh, 
bye-bye, Glory. <laughs> um, but she says bye-bye in a hilarious way, which is that um, she watches as someone's like maybe leaving. So the, we first, the first time we saw this was when uh, a delivery person came to deliver a piece of furniture. And she was watching him. And he's like, OK, thanks, guys. Got it all here. I'm, I'm going out the door. And as soon as he left and, shut, and the door shut, she said, bye. <laughs> and she still does that. She, she waits till the person is actually gone to say goodbye. Um, yeah, and that's funny. And uh, it's like, you know, she's kind of still piecing up. But I was thinking, there's actually, in some ways, that makes more sense because it's like, well, you're not gone yet. Um, uh, that um, the, the impact of this person's loss hasn't been felt yet. Um, how can you say, uh, how can you say goodbye, you gone thing, if the thing is still there, if the person is still there? Um, and, I, and I think that's part of what's hard about why goodbyes always feel dissatisfying to me, or maybe some of you, um, that they never feel like, it, it, it always feels like the thing we're trying to um, capture or mark um, is we're missing it. Um, it seems like, is, so then the question is like, is goodbye or a good goodbye an oxymoron? Can there never be a good goodbye? Um, is all we have bad byes. Uh, and so I was thinking like, so what, what are like an what are some obvious bad goodbyes? Um, much has been written about many of you have you have may have participated in one one side of this of um, the phenomenon of ghosting, um, and that's you know the rise of like internet or like digital dating makes this all easier. Texting makes it easier or or just more common maybe. Um, but we've all probably also experienced. Uh, you know, the Irish goodbye, which is like, um, has people, have people, has anyone here like done an Irish goodbye? How many people have, does it, do you know what that is? Like you just leave without saying goodbye. So you're at a party and you're just like, where did that go? Um, and I, there's, Tim and I have a friend, um, he's not here so I can make fun of him, who always does this. Um, you know, if you're out at the bar or something, you're like, where, where did Devin go? Where's it, like, and it's predictable. Um, and I used to think that is so weird. Like, is he, does he, does he have a mental illness? Like, is he like, is there, is there something sociopathic? Like, but um, I recently had an experience of doing an Irish goodbye. This was kind of the first time I've ever done this. And uh, it was really healing and good for me. So at the retreat, um, if you weren't at the retreat, this isn't like some cool inside joke retreat thing. Um, we missed you, but it was, it was awesome. So come next time. On, uh, the second night there, right, Saturday night, we were all around the campfire singing songs. And I, it had been a full, wonderful day. It had been hot. We went to the beach. We had done all these intense kind of um, trust circles. Um, and we were like singing, and it was joyful and fun. There was some beer. Um, and I went back to the, the, the cabin because I, was, I had to go to the bathroom. And I was like, I realized then, oh, I'm, just, I'm really exhausted. I'm really tired. And I had this thought, what if I just, but the, so the thought of going back out where everyone is still sitting around the campfire singing and saying, like interrupting the singing, the song saying, goodbye, everyone. I'm going to sleep. Like, the, you know, I'm like this old man. I have kids now. I'm tired. Um, it, that seemed just excruciating to me. 
and I didn't want to interrupt the fun. So I just kind of sat down on my bed, and I, I, I didn't consciously think, like, oh, I'm going to do an Irish goodbye. But I kind of like started to kind of get sleepier, and then that thought of not going back out got more and more appealing. And I just kind of released my, I just kind of let go and did it. And I did, my, did an Irish goodbye. And um, me, who like I want to, uh, I never want to do like a social faux pas or, in, or insult anyone or make anyone feel like I don't see them or care about them or I'm not, good, good night, good night, good night. This was like this liberating, amazing thing for me. And I think I felt, ultimately I felt okay about it because I was like, these people love me. It's okay. I can, I can just, I can just, uh, I don't have to make them uh, realize how much I care about them by saying goodbye and interrupting the fun. The caring thing to do for them to me is to say, yeah, Neil, go to sleep, you're tired. And, and vice versa. So um, I kind of uh, was trying to think, is there a way I could do an Irish goodbye to Root and Branch um, as a whole? But I, it's too late for that because I announced, I've, it's already been drawn out. I announced it like many weeks ago. But I think that this ghosting or Irish, poor Irish people, um, but uh, so discriminated against. Um, but this, this idea of ghosting which can be hurtful if it's like a one-on-one -on -one thing or if it's a vulnerable dating situation. But maybe it's healing in other situations. The, the, the fact is, whatever you make of it, every goodbye involves ghosts. Because every goodbye turns, in some way, a flesh and blood, live, real person, moment, period of time into a wispy thing, a memory. Uh, uh, less embodied seeming, uh, um, hard to grab hold of, hard to touch thing. The best, even the best goodbye, even the one that's most drawn out, the one where we tell the person how much they've meant to us and how we've changed because of them and how we're going to miss them is still going to leave us with ghosts. The question is, can it be maybe a holy ghost? So um, Ari also teased me, what are you going to tell us the etymology of goodbye? Of course I'm going to tell you the etymology of goodbye. Um, but I think you already know it, because uh, it's a song we sing, and we've talked about it. Um, it, it comes from the, the phrase, God be with ye, God be with you. Um, and I was saying, what does that mean? Are you saying, uh, God, um, I hope that God is with you in this time where I, I can't see you, and I, you're not. Um, your, your safety, your well-being is uncertain. Am I invoking God to be with you? Am I saying God is going to be with you? God will be with you? Um, I, and, I, and I trust that. Am I making myself feel better? Am I reminding myself? Um, the, the sort of security of presence is no longer there. We're invoking this other, more embracing security. I think it's probably all those things a little bit. In this passage that Moshe read with, for us from Revelation, like I mentioned, um, we have a vision in the midst of uh, desolation, separation. This early follower of Jesus, who's being persecuted by the Roman Empire, we think, sent away to this prison colony, has this vision of witness, of God's ultimate bringing everyone back together. Um, it says that he saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven 
and the first earth had passed away. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, see, the home of God is among mortals. He'll dwell with them. They'll be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. This, his visions are full of these dragons and golden palaces with walls hundreds of feet high floating in the sky, but the image of God's ultimate embrace and bringing everyone close is described in these very um, everyday terms, family. God's like a parent, we're God's children. God's, it's like we got a boo-boo and God is wiping our tears away. It's a house, it's a dwelling. Um, this, this vision, this, this resurrection vision uh, can seem like uh, trying to make something painful, a painful reality of separation, um, tie it up with a nice little bow and it's okay. We'll, we'll see each other. And we do that, right, when we say goodbye. We're like, oh, we'll see each other. This isn't the last time. Um, Again, Ari, I'm sorry, but Ari's hard-bitten real, realistic answers that like, yeah, maybe like two or three times, you know? <laughs> there's, a, there's still a finitude, right? Um, uh, but we try to do that to soften the blow of goodbye a lot, right? It turns out that the, the idea of resurrection um, emerged before Christianity in sort of this couple centuries before the birth of Jesus, not as a, um, a rose-colored glasses, let's make things seem like they're going to be okay even though everything sucks. It emerged out of the conviction that God's vision, when people talk about God's will or God's love or God's justice, the radical thing in the Jewish tradition was that that meant this world. That meant that God's vision, you know, all the prophets are saying, things are messed up in this world, they need to change because God is pissed and God wants it to be different. And that's how it started. But, and then the idea of resurrection of that, even the, even the sort of most marginalized, there's the widows and the orphans, the most marginalized are the dead, the gone, even they will be included in this, this worldly vision of love and justice. So it's an extension of a reality that we're making here to those who have passed away. That's where resurrection began. Not a pie in the sky, oh, we just have to accept this awful world we're in, this, the tragedy of endings that you know, follow us through life. But an idea that, uh, no, this, God, this vision of another way, of a different reality, is starting here. It's visible here. It matters when it's not here. We, we need to bring it more into our midst. Um, and it needs to keep extending into the past, reaching backward into the future not just in the present. And then you get this seeming hallucinating, tripping, daydreaming, maybe he didn't have enough to eat, um, early Christian who sees this vision of God wiping away every tear, of God bringing everyone into this house, of a city, it says, this is one of my favorite parts, a city where the gates are always open. 
you know, all, cities used to be walled, right? Um, used to be, they are, this, they still are walled. <laughs> America's walled. Um, he gets this vision where everyone um, could enter. Leaving root and branch for me is going to be um, something I think that won't fully hit me until I'm gone. I'm going to say goodbye, <laughs> probably more fully after I've left um, completely. But um, and and the the pain of that of that separation is going to be real. I can already tell. Um, one way, some, I've had conversations with many of you, and I'm, I'm still around for another couple of weeks, so I'm going to, if you want to hang out, I'm still around. Um, uh, one of the ways, one of the things people have said is like, you know, what, part of what we're going to miss is that you and Tim um, complement each other so well, is the kind of like team that you guys have together. Um, and at first I was like, wait, why aren't you just saying you're going to miss me? Like, I'm the, the greatest. Like, why is it this thing? But it's true. Um, and that to me, so one of the ways we're different and we complement each other well is um, some of you, a few of you were here when we started meeting um, way back five years ago or whatever in a, a dank basement. Um, it was messy and grungy. It looked like a not well taken care of Salvation Army. And it, uh, the building it was in was cracking. Half of it was sinking into the earth. Um, we could have died at any moment. <laughs> we later found out. And also, about half the time, it smelled really bad. Because <laughs> like the, the bathrooms were gross. And, and we were leaving. The last day we were there, everyone kind of left. Tim and I would often like clean up the last crumbs or last little things together. And Tim was like, kind of choked up a little bit in, in his way and was like, I'm going to miss this place. And I was like, are you crazy? Like, what? This stinky old place? I was so excited. We had this new, lovely, clean place we were going to be moving to in Naveen's Cuisine. But then I, stopped, I slowed down a little bit. And I was like, Tim is right. And um, one of the ways I've been changed by Tim, by you, is to um, my approach is more like enthusiasm for the new, and then when it's gone, like enthusiasm for the next new. Tim's approach is more like profound lack of enthusiasm for whatever is in front of him, <laughs> apparently, but a deep, deep uh, love and loyalty um, to things that matter. And uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose that. It's part of me now too. Um, and that's one of the awesome things about this community is that we're, um, we get to see uh, how different people who do things that may seem to us the wrong way at first um, bring new ways to us, bring a fuller experience of humanity that we, as being part of this community, get to um, uh, even if like we didn't grow up in a in a family where we teased each other, we get someone who's really good at teasing people, and that can show us how teasing can be a form of love. Even though we are uh, not a sarcastic person, someone else's sarcasm uh, can can uh, expand us and show us how it can be linked to a 
a, a love of what's good and true. And there are just so many examples of the, of the ways that um, uh, even if we don't change, being part of the community, um, we get all that other good stuff. We, including we get the stuff where we can sometimes show weakness, sadness, um, and have someone uh, wipe it away. I, I had this exit interview uh, on Friday. I got a text from Jeremy in the morning and Myra. Uh, they're like, are you ready for your exit interview? I was like, what the hell is an exit interview? <laughs> Why do I have to do that? It sounds very corporate, but it, I checked. It's, it's in our constitution, um, and we're very legit and professional now. So I went over to Jeremy Kirsten's house, and Myra and Jeremy sat down, and they asked me all these hard, thoughtful questions. But beforehand, uh, Jeremy's like, how's your week? And I, I said, um, I was like, I wanted to just get by and say, oh, I was fine. But actually, there was a really hard thing that happened just that morning. Um, and He's like, before we continue, do you want to talk about it? And I was like, not really, but OK. And, uh, and we did. And, um, and it was such an incredible gift. Um, and uh, I've received gifts like that over and over again from this community. So a good goodbye. We can't skip over it. We can't ghost, always, sometimes we can. Um, we can't pretend that it's not going to hurt or doesn't hurt. We talk a lot of big game here in this community about feeling through loss, sadness, grief. Um, but I was thinking, is that, is that it? Because you know, that's the crucifixion part of this Christian story. And that is what it took for Jesus' followers to really realize what they had been in the, in the presence of, that what they, what they missed was so important that we didn't get fully how important it was until Jesus was gone. But they get something else back. They get the Holy Spirit, which is here, and they get this promise, this felt certainty that what is gone is not really gone. What is gone was so good that its loss is painful. But it's even so much more good that the idea that it could be really lost or really gone forever is ridiculous. And we don't maybe have a rational explanation. There are philosophers who say that um, we're very present biased. We don't tend to think of the future and the past as being real. But that's a mistake. Um, but we don't have to go into philosophy. It's just a, it's a thing you know. It's a thing you feel. And I think when we feel that, that's when we can be, continue to be this kind of community. We can continue to be the kind of place that holds and wipes away tears and welcomes in new people and does the world differently in a radical way because we know that what we're doing is not defeatable. It's not losable. Um, I see root and branch 
coming down from heaven, from God. I see root and branch covering the whole world. I see root and branch everywhere. I see root and branch changing the way our economy works. I see root and branch opening borders. I see root and branch holding people who are alone. I see root and branch giving a place, a home, a dwelling place for people who don't have one. I see root and branch covering the whole world, opening boundaries, opening walls. I know that sounds a little bit kooky, maybe imperialistic. I didn't see a multicultural root and branch with many different gods and flavors and cultures, but I see a root and branch that is so much bigger than all of us that we're all a part of, and that I'm so blessed and grateful that you let me be a part of too. Amen. <laughs>